Yes, brought to you always, every single day by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road in Muncie, online at wallsfurniture.com. As I knock the microphone out of the way, nothing's broken, we're good to go. Uh, Walls Furniture and Mattress, uh, 90% of what's on the showroom for in stock for you, 48 hours or less. But what does that mean? It means, you know, new styles and trends coming in daily. They swap things on the showroom for every single day, but uh, they're on top of everything to make sure what they have in the showroom is what you would want in your home. A mattress section, full showroom with mattresses, living room sets, sofas, and more. Uh, all there and, again, Nine out of every ten items you see on the showroom floor in stock for you, 48 hours or less. That's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference on Nebo Road in Muncie and online at wallsfurniture.com. It is a Reaction Monday. Your call is welcome. 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter. And uh, that phone number, again, if there are... Some people listening that had the experience of going to some of the NBA All-Star related events would love to hear from you and get your thoughts on this because there's been so much back and forth. And I'll tell you this from my perspective, and I'm, I'll be honest about it, okay? And I'll explain my standpoint coming up in a little bit. So this weekend... Um, didn't have a chance to really watch or, 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 or pay attention to much on Friday. Uh, Saturday, as I mentioned, had the Wapani Yorktown game. And so I, I was driving home and I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I can get home in time to watch a little bit of the Saturday night festivities, which included uh, the skills competition, the three point contest, dunk contest, etc. So I get home, uh, have a little bit of late dinner, and I decided to sit down and watch this thing. So I got there. Right as the NBA dunk contest began. And look, I was trying to have the proper expectations for what it is now and what I was growing up. Because again, nothing's going to be as good as the 2000 dunk contest for me where Vince Carter put on an absolute show. It is truly one of the best things I ever watched growing up in sports. It was just entertainment off the charts. And I'm watching this thing, and I turned it off after 10 minutes. I did. With Mac McClung, uh, a G League player, Obi Toppin's brother. Don't even, I, I didn't even know Obi Toppin had a brother, to be honest with you. Um, you, you have uh, Jaime Jaquez from, uh, I, I believe he's a rookie from UCLA. And, you know, he was known as a, as a slasher in college, and he's in the dunk contest. And then you have Jalen Brown. And, and there was a lot of anticipation for Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown didn't do anything exciting. And, again, I just couldn't watch it. Yesterday, I was busy during the All-Star game, so I didn't have a chance to. But um, I saw enough highlights to understand what occurred. And let me be clear by mentioning what I said at the top. This is the NBA convention. This is the road show that, you know, has you, you, comes to your city and... And you have a chance to see the entertainment. And they bring all the stars with them. And uh, it, you have basically your NBA headquarters for a weekend. That's the appeal of all this. It's the convention. It's that you are the center of basketball. And then you get to honor your own. So you got to honor Reggie Miller and Larry Bird and um, you know some of the past players that were all-stars. I think I saw Dale Davis and Rick Smith and, ex and more players there. That's what this is. Because 
they're not going to listen to the commissioner. The commissioner did many interviews over the course of the week and said, we went back to our roots to do the East-West All-Star game, so the game is a little bit more competitive. Um, I don't know. I'm just going out on a limb. When a team scores 212 points, <laughs> there ain't much competition going on. You know, free runners to the to the rim, uh, mid-court three-point jumpers, and it's entertaining. But if you go into it with the expectation of what it is and the entertainment value is what you want, then okay, that's fine. But it, it's probably different being there than watching the product on television. I'm just telling you. You know, if you feel like the NBA game, the regular season game, has no defense, watch 30 seconds of that stuff last night. There there, there was nothing there. And so I'm going to bring this up, and I may sound like the the get-off-my-lawn guy. I probably do. But when we're talking about how Tyrese Halliburton was snubbed from the MVP of the All-Star game, my first reaction was, who cares? I get it's a little bit of a, an accolade to the unofficial mayor uh, or governor of the state of Indiana for the week because Tyrese Halliburton was essentially the liaison to the entire NBA world and he was front and center and everybody wanted to talk or talk about Tyrese Halliburton. But to me, who cares? I mean, it's not like at the end of the day you're gonna you're gonna one of the first things you bring up about Tyree Salberton is, oh hey, when they hosted the All Star Game in his city in 2024, he was the MVP of a game when his East team won with a score of 212 points. It doesn't matter, folks. It doesn't matter. And, and the fact is, even with him not being an MVP, he still won a lot of. I guess exposure points to the point where, again, he was the draw. He was the 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 exciting part of all of this for Indiana and for Gamebridge Fieldhouse and for the entire weekend, and that's more of a win than ever being MVP. So it didn't bother me that he wasn't the MVP. Um, didn't bother me how much Damian Lillard played. That, that we're not going to break down any of that stuff on this show. Because, again, I'll reiterate, this All-Star game as we know it is never going to be the same. The All-Star weekend as we know it is never going to be the same. But you can't make the two points mutually exclusive. So I brought that up to – I had a couple of friends of mine that went to the game and, um, you know, I I wanted to get their thoughts before I jumped on the show today because I didn't go. I didn't watch the game last night. I I picked and choose my spots with the NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend, just being totally honest. So I called them, and their point was this. It was exciting to watch these players, no matter if there was defense or not, just have so much accuracy on every shot that they made whether there was defense or there was not you know Damian Lillard pulling up from midcourt and making it look like he was shooting a three you know a three-point shot from the top of the perimeter I mean it, it is impressive stuff and the efficiency no matter if there's defense or not and to see these guys fly through the air and they're just different level, levels of athleticism I totally totally get that and if you enjoyed it in person I am not taking that excitement away from you but the point of the matter is this 
the entertainment value is what you expect. It's what you want out of it. If you want a competitive game, like I remember all-star games of the past having a little bit. Again, there was always the showboating. There was always the alley-oops through the air, the uh, passes off the glass and, and, and finishing with a, you know, a reverse slam or you know, guys launching from you know, deep. But there was always a point where it got to the later third and fourth quarter where it got kind of interesting. It, it became a USA basketball type of scrimmage with all the stars there. It never gets to that point anymore. It's the showboating. It's the Harlem Globetrotters type of environment for a whole 48 minutes. And if you fully expect that going in, and that's what you want to see, and you want to see these high-scoring games, that is awesome. That's great. That's that's fine. To me, I'm just not going to watch it, and that's okay too. It should be okay. But my point of the, the, the whole deal this weekend, there's two points that are not mutually exclusive. The entertainment values on one side and the fact of happiness in the state of Indiana is on the other side. So the, the, the beneficial part is the fact the quote-unquote, in my words, NBA convention was in the state of Indiana and it was the center of the basketball world for the entire weekend. By me saying the entertainment value of the three-point contest skills, dunk, NBA All-Star game, subpar, does not mean that it wasn't awesome to have that event in Indiana. Give me the NBA convention every year. I'm down for that every single year. Get, you know, Give it to the state of Indiana every single year because I know how great that they put on events, how, how cool it was that they had a chance to honor the past of the Indiana Pacers and honor, by the way, Muncie Central uh, Bearcats basketball was represented there as well. I mean, they, they made this an absolute celebration of basketball in this state, which we all know, if you are a Hoosier, you get it. Basketball is different here, and those from the outside just wouldn't understand that. They, they just don't get it. But, again, those two points of the entertainment value and calling it what it is for the NBA All-Star Game and the convention-like deal that it is to have the commissioner and all these players and all the representation in Indiana and Central Indiana, in my opinion, they are not mutually exclusive. They are separate deals. And to me... I can, I can sit back and say how awesome that they had it here in Indiana, but the fact of the matter is the product is just not fantastic, in my opinion. And again, your, your opinion could differ. If you went and you had young kids and you brought your family and you were able to interact with it all, again, enjoy it how you want to enjoy it, and that's fine. But the game itself is a window-dressing opportunity for these athletes. It just is. And if they're not going to listen to the commissioner of the NBA after they go back to the East-West format, I don't I don't see that ever changing. And so I've got to get used to that, and that's okay. Um, that, 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 that's okay. That's all right. Um, it is what it is. And, you know, we move on. But if you watched that game last night, hey, there you are. Uh, I mean, that that's on you. But I had a tough time watching the highlights and understanding how you can have 212 points in a 48-minute basketball game. Uh, I, it, just, it just is what it is. So, again, I'm not trying to be get-off-my-long guy. I'm not trying to be anything like that. It just 
it doesn't mean anything. It, it, it didn't mean anything before, and it's to, to the point of people making a big deal about Tyrese Halliburton not getting the MVP. To me, it's like you watch that game, and you know it's nice to get that hardware, but are you going to really put that on your resume to say, I was the MVP of the game that we won 212 to 180 or whatever it ended up being? I wouldn't necessarily want to be that. But hey, if they're having fun, if the fans are having fun, if uh, fans were attending the events, which they did, and the city's enjoying it, that's all that matters. You know, that's all that matters. And so let's transition to this. We have to defend Indiana. You know, I just found it interesting, and I knew it was coming, that at some point this past weekend, there was going to come a point of somebody in a big power position complaining about how that event came to Indiana. Oh, why can't we play this in San Francisco? Oh, why can't we do it in L.A., Chicago, Miami, etc.? Okay. I can tell you from being involved in these things, and this is said around the country, nobody does big events like Indiana. The only thing that deters Indiana is the events themselves feeling like they need the big city exposure. You know, it's great for the athletes. It's great for maybe the NBA itself. But at the end of the day, you know who it hurts the worst? It's the fans. And it's been said multiple, multiple times, if you took a fan vote from past years of the Super Bowl, Indianapolis would be at or near the top. I think the only other city that was in the same stratosphere was Minneapolis, Minnesota, which, by the way, is another city that is very, very accessible and has ability for you to walk around the downtown area. And you don't have to drive through, you know, an hour to the stadium. You don't have to get in your car. To, you, you, you have it all right there. And the utilization of both Gamebridge Fieldhouse and Lucas Oil Stadium is so unique and so outstanding, as we mentioned last week, that I don't know if that event's ever seen anything like that. And Indiana did it differently. Indianapolis did it differently. And you know what? I always say that people don't like change. The players don't like change either. So the fact that this was in Indianapolis and the whole point of, oh, the cold weather city, it was in Salt Lake City last year, man. Like, no. I mean, this thing should be moved around because it gets more fan bases engaged with the NBA product. If the NBA wants to reach each and every fan, they should make a healthy rotation of going to smaller markets as they do to Chicago and L.A. and Vegas and all these scenes. Because everything that that event needs, nobody does it better than Indianapolis. It might be biased, but it also is said by other cities around the country. I mean, it's the envy of other cities around the country. It absolutely is. I promise you, I hear it. I've heard it all the time. By being involved in this show and other entities, the Indiana Sports Court and what downtown Indianapolis does is unlike any city in the United States. So, you know, you can have those opinions. Uh, the, those players can have those opinions. But the fact of the matter is it never makes more sense, uh, better sense than to have it in Indianapolis. So there's there there's there you have it. How about that? All right, uh, we'll take a break. Come back when we come back. We'll talk about high school basketball sectional matchups. Give you an idea of some of the big ones coming up in a week. Back with you next. Brought you in part 
by State Farm Agent Jason May. Make sure you get all the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747-7100 today. Glad you're with us on the show. As always, calls welcome at 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter. Well, uh, the IHSA Boys Basketball State Tournament will begin next week. And again, we will give you our coverage plans as we kind of solidify those. Again, a lot of moving parts in uh, three or four different sectional uh, uh, pairings around the state. So uh, we'll give you some of the details of what occurred yesterday. And again, all these are blind draw, but first things first, uh, in sectional number 55, um, uh, we have some teams that are going to be in the Friday matchup that got a uh, a little bit of a bye, if you will. Daleville and Cowan play in the first semifinal matchup there. So that means one of those teams will play in the sectional final on Saturday night in sectional number 55. That's a 1A sectional. Uh, the other sectionals of note, um, sectional number 40, a um, couple matchups on Wednesday. Westdale is going to meet Muncie Burris. So a local area team will move on to Friday to face off against Monroe Central. Uh, the other Wednesday matchup is a big one. Uh, Wapahani at 19-2 versus Lapel at 16-5. Lapel has been on quite a streak after having a tough uh, tough start to the season. But uh, the two teams that have the best records in sectional number 40 will see each other on that Wednesday which is uh, going to be quite a matchup. Then in sectional number 24, um, which is uh, the sectional with Yorktown and Delta, uh, Centerville versus Yorktown at Newcastle on Tuesday of next week. Uh, then the second game on Wednesday, Delta will face off against Frankton. Within, um, you know, we'll see what happens Friday and Saturday. But it, the path is there to where uh, Delta and Yorktown could face each other in a sectional final in sectional number 24. They are the uh, two highest rated teams in that sectional, so uh, we'll see what happens there. And then in the 4A sectional, sectional number 9, Muncie Central in this one, they'll be in the first game of the Wednesday side of things. Muncie Central versus Richmond. Richmond's 19-3, and Muncie Central 7-14. and uh, But this was a game when they played in the regular season uh, was a lot closer than I think people thought. And again, um, you know, the way Muncie Central defends, they're going to stay in each and every game. And tournament time's a little different. Uh, that sectional hosted at Greenfield Central. Again, we will release our sectional coverage plans a little bit later in the week. It looks like we're going to solidify those coming up tomorrow. So, all right, we're going to step aside, come back, final segment of the show after this. The new WMUN is always brought to you by Sheriff Gosselin Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Gosselin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahl, y'all, or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. We have one final regular season matchup at high school basketball that's coming your way Friday as Muncie Central faces off against Newcastle. That's at the uh, North Walnut Street Fieldhouse. Looking forward to that matchup coming up on Friday as we uh, close out the regular season in high school basketball and the tournament takes over next week. Uh, we'll be talking a lot of Ball State this week. Pacers back in action on Thursday when Detroit comes to Indianapolis and of course some uh, key dates in the NFL as well so we'll get to all of those this week hope you had a great weekend we're back with you tomorrow at four talk to you then on the talk of Muncie the new WMUN